Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. Everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Oh boy, did I wake up excited to record today's show. Hat tricks galore. Teams five points out of the playoffs. So obviously we have to talk about the mediocre defenseman being an asshole. Uh, we're going to get into that. Don't worry. But first, we need to lead it off with uh, our typical intros. Let's start it off with Stephalicious D, Steph Driver. So not only will going to Flyers games cost you your self-respect and your indignity, it's also going to cost you for, you know, the tickets and parking and snacks and booze and also your hat now, apparently. They're just taking everything from you, this entire team. They're they're not going anywhere in the division, but they're scoring hat tricks. So throw that damn hat. I I have I ever brought this up before. I don't believe in throwing your hat for a third goal that's scored on an empty net. Not doing it. So it's you have still, brought that up. It before. still counts. Yeah. Good for you. You scored three times. I'm not parting with my hat on an empty net goal. That's fair. One hundred percent. Do you think like bra lady? It. Do you think bra lady would throw her undergarments <laughs> for an empty net goal? I don't think so. Yes, 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 one hundred percent. From theAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. Yeah, well, I'd like to point this out because rightfully so, we're going to be talking, I think, very little about the actual hockey game that happened mm. on Tuesday night. But during that game, Morgan Frost had a pretty cool goal. That and I want to, I, I want to give him the briefest of shout-outs because that was cool. And had there not been another major thing going on, we probably could have spent a good ten minutes talking about Morgan Frost and the fact that that was a really nice goal. I it reminded me of was it his first career goal? The yeah. walk the yeah, line backhand, going, yeah. like yeah. you see the skill, it's there. Mm-hmm. Like he's got incredible puck skill. It's just like the whole rest of playing hockey, whatever. Yeah, he's I, been I, all right. I, I always do find it funny when, like, I will say, oh, there's that skill that we see in practices, and then people on Twitter yell at me, and it's like, oh, you're just talking him up again. I'm like, no, I go to practices. I see this. <laughs> like, I- I'm, not, I'm not trying to act like I think Morgan Frost is going to be a star, but he does have talent. It's apparently obvious if you ever actually watch him in practice that he does these crazy stuff pretty regularly. And once in yeah. a while, I guess... He can pull it off in the NHL when he's playing against, you know, the Anaheim Ducks. And they're like, the every Ozone now Thunder. and then you see like, you see like a fifth defenseman or something like, oh, he's actually got shootout moves. Like, yes, when there's no defense, they can do the one or two things they've practiced a bunch of times. And it's not like, it's not crazy. These guys are in the fucking NHL. But regardless, last but certainly not least, Letter Kelly Hinkle. <laughs> I've been saving that for two weeks. Kelly, I have I'm a serious... Have you watched the newest okay. season? I have. Are dressed all over chips the best chips? I think they are the best chips. I, they're better... I think they're better than ketchup chips. A lot of people will say ketchup chips are better. Oh. The dill pickle chips were a big hit in the McCurdy household when I lived in Canada for a minute. Um, but yeah, I would say all dressed best chips. For sure. I go, I say dressed all over because of Ricky. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but regardless, I guess I want to, uh, I want to use my time at the top of the show to talk about a very serious issue with a, uh, what's up, Steph? You didn't let Kelly tell her funny story oh, about Lindsay. you actually have oh, a was, funny story. Go ahead. I was going to, but it feels like a bad time now. I'll make it's, it short. Okay. So, on a... The 90s throwback Thursday the other night, um, my my dear friend, Other Bill, it was his last Flyers game ever because he's moving to Florida for uh, work. And so he 
he bought us R. Like, R. yeah he's dead to us now um he bought very oh, fancy so tickets bitch. in a luxury box and we were going out to get snacks and opened the door to go out into the hallway and out of the box next to us jumps a small child dressed as gritty who proceeded to like stop us and then twerk in front of us in the gritty outfit like a like a seven-year-old like a small child i respect the fuck out of this we go and get our snacks go back to the box we're watching eric lindros bang the drum and lo and behold the child in the gritty outfit that twerked for us was in fact eric lindros's child who then proceeded to bang the drum <laughs> at the yeah so we just happened to be next to eric lindros's box and his kid was hilarious so yay fun did you say hi amazing no he oh. he he it was the coolest part actually was being close enough to him watching the game that you could hear him say things like come on guys skate or like get back there like just like regular like hockey fan things it's, it was like cool it's cool to know he cares like yeah yeah, it was fun. It's that's nice that he's like he like the guys to him are the flyers, even though these dudes could like be his kids. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. I like that. Anyway, that's my story. That made me happy. Uh, I want to use my time here at the top to talk about a very serious issue uh concerning a uh highly paid underperforming Flyers defenseman. And uh his name's Rasmus Ristolainen. Now, we just talked about... <laughs> Steph laughing there. She liked Zing. that one. Um, uh, now, we just talked about how Morgan Frost, every now and then, like shows you little glimpses. Risto's shorthanded goal last night, he almost had one on basically this same move like last week, and he buried the one last night. Uh, forehand, backhand on the breakaway. Try Risto at forward. I am completely serious about this. Now, like, as a defenseman, he's bad at D. But, as a forward with a little bit of defensive instincts, imagine him as, like, an extra defender when you're in the zone. We know he blocks shots. He's got, like, 100 blocks this season already. We're halfway through the year. He's gigantic. Imagine getting to utilize his physicality on the forecheck. And if you think I'm crazy, they tried this with Sam Moran. They tried it before. Right. Well, you are crazy, but here's <laughs> here's where, like, I'm listening to this and I'm like, yeah, okay, okay, fine, whatever, okay. More defense is never bad <laughs> because they're all mediocre defensemen that are overpaid. But then we run into the same issue. One, who's going to take his place because they're all bums. Who cares? And two. Me. Who's, who's going <laughs> to score the goals? Like, you put him at forward and is he going to score the goals? Evidently. He's not going to score the goals. JVR. You never know. Last and, night. <laughs> I was going to say. TK are scoring the goals. Like, this is just, there's no he room for Rasmus Ristolainen on the team. I think that's what we, it all boils down to. Because all these forwards are, like, indispensable? Like, <laughs> like, what, what are we talking I about? I mean, here? look, Bill. DeLorean and McEwen play every night. Jesse, Bill, I'm with you on this because <laughs> ah, this goes back to something I said during the offseason where my dream is for one game, just one game. We get a truculence line of Delorier, Ristolainen, and McEwen. Like the new Bash Brothers. Everybody just hits and fights. Ristolainen actually doesn't fight, but he does hit a lot. The other two guys can do all the fighting for him while he does the hits. Would they be terrible? Yes, they, they would almost certainly be a really bad line. But it'd be fun. I'd enjoy it personally. What if he secretly is a good forward and like, we uncover something? It could You happen. tried it with Mark Friedman. Yeah, why not try it with this guy? You're paying him. Yeah, but that was because, like, everyone on the team had They were had out of guys, I know. And it really and also, worked awful for Moran, so. Do you, th- do you think that the entire league has just slept on a good hockey player? Yes. No? Yeah. They haven't tried him forward, though, Stephanie. Yeah. Let us please remember who we are talking about. <laughs> uh, he can skate a little, clearly. He can, he's got a nose for the net. I mean, he won the bet. Kelly had to get a Kelly had to get a Tony D jersey. Yeah, I say, have I we blame... actually talked about that on the show since no. Kelly wasn't on no, last week? No, because I don't know what's happening. So Charlie and I made a. I think it was the show that it ended up being just me and Charlie talking to each other for some reason. Um, we made a bet because at the time Justin Braun and Risto both had zero points on the year. We made a bet about who would get the first point. 
I chose Justin Braun and was convinced that I would win. So I made the ridiculous promise that I would buy a Tony D'Angelo jersey if I lost because I was like, I'm definitely going to win. And then someone decided that we needed to start scratching Justin Braun, our best defenseman, <laughs> for some reason. Our best and defenseman. Inside result, info, baby. <laughs> Never bet with someone who has sources Charlie. and covers the team. Charlie's fucking member of Congress over here trading on inside info. (laughs) Have we talked about on this show how we can't, like, this is not the season to bet against Charlie O'Connor. He is winning all the fucking things, and it's really annoying. Have we talked about this? Um, Charlie O'Crushing it. To be clear, the, the, the bet originally, Kelly's first suggestion was the loser of the bet has to buy a Tony D'Angelo jersey. And then I said, well, number one, I can't really wear Flyers gear anymore. Number two, like, I cover the guy. That I would definitely be very can't weird. wear it sarcastically. It would be very <laughs> weird if, like, it's a punishment for me to get the jersey of a player who I cover and have to do so objectively. So I was like, okay, well, what we will do is that is clearly a punishment for you because you do not like Mr. Tony D'Angelo. What do you call like him? him? Tony Meatballs? Is that your? Yeah, Tony Meatballs. Tony yeah. Meatballs. And... And I would have a different punishment. My punishment would be if Justin Braun had scored the point before Ristolainen, I would have had to do a 60-second long anti-analytics rant on this show. Yeah. And it would have had to have been timed. Oh, my God. And it would have had to have been at least, like, (laughs) pretending to be sincere. I would like to note that my wager never included wearing the Tony D'Angelo. That is true. You just had to purchase it. I did purchase it. And you tweeted it as proof. I sure did. As proof. It had because if you don't tweet things, they don't happen. So that's an easy donation. Yeah. I'll give it to somebody. Do you get it in my size? I'll wear it. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Nuts. All right. Um (laughs) let's let's get into this. Let's do it. You know, like if you could have All right, we're buckled up, let's buckle up. If you could have put money on who the most problematic defenseman would be this year. Obviously, Tony would have run away with the bets and, in fact, not cashed. Uh, Ivan, Provorov, <laughs> Ivan Provorov last night chose not to participate in warm-ups because the team was wearing Pride jerseys for uh, their Pride, Pride Night event. Um, that's that's it. He he yeah. he decided because he's uh what is he? What's his so he, Russian Orthodox? Yeah, basically what happened was after the game, um, as we were walking down at the media, as the media was walking down from the press box to the event floor where we get access, uh, the Flyers released a statement, essentially not really saying anything specific, but basically the gist of it was we support the initiative of Pride Night and that. So it was abundantly clear that they were trying to get out in front of something. We had obviously requested Ivan Provorov. And then I believe it was Frank Saravalli who tweeted that he basically that like there's a rumor going around that Provorov sat out warm-ups because it was Pride Night and he would not wear the Pride jersey. We talked to Tortorella. I brought it up. Tortorella acknowledged that yes, that was indeed why. Ivan Provorov did not join warm-ups. I asked uh, Tortorella if, if uh, Tortorella considered benching Provorov for that. Tortorella said no. Um, and then basically said, I support you know, Pride Night. I support the initiative. But I also support my player because he did this for religious reasons. And then we got Ivan Provorov, and he said essentially that, that he did it for religious reasons. We'll... we'll recite his exact quote because I, I think that's important i think it's important to to quote people accurately in a situation like this but that is a gist of it that, that Provorov sat out pride night because it conflicts with his uh religious beliefs yeah so what i would like to bring up here um because this is this is something that has many layers right like this is one action that it speaks a million words, right? So what happened was it was Flyers Pride Night, and this was the first year that instead of just doing optional rainbow tape, they had um, 
jerseys for pregame skate. They do this all the time for different theme nights. Like this is the thing that they do all the time. So what this jersey looked like was just their regular warm-up jersey, except their name and number, both on both shoulders and on the back, instead of being full white, were red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple. Like they were stripes to, you know, like the rainbow. That is what was apparently offensive to Provorov's religion. Now, I have a lot of opinions on how deeply religious Ivan Provorov actually is, but this isn't the place for that. What happened was he thought, he believed that a jersey with rainbow colors, no Pride Night tags, no rainbow pride uh, patches, nothing. Just his name and numbers for the pregame skate, which is all of 15 minutes. In colors other than white, that's what was against his religion and against his beliefs. Like, that is the part, for me, that is the most absurd. Like, it's, it's a piece of clothing with your team's logo on it with different colors. That's not a statement. Well, like you're not making a statement well, by I mean, wearing it. You're making no, a he's, statement by he's sitting not, out. Yeah, he's it, he's it, saying that what it represents is. Yeah. I mean, we wouldn't be people wouldn't be upset about him not wearing it if there wasn't an implicit statement in the jersey. Right, wearing not wearing it is. Yeah, not wearing it is the statement. I, I mean, my my thing here is that, and this is something that I tried to articulate in the article that I wrote on all this, is that this is just such a, like, wearing the Pride jersey in warm-ups is such a bare minimum thing. Oh, like, yes. It's, it, it's, it's so small. It's not like It's not like they were asking him to, like, go out and film a public service announcement or like even be around anybody in the LGBTQ plus community. Like they just were like, wear the jersey because number one, it's Pride Night. It's an organizational event. The entire organization is doing this. Number two, and this is a really important thing that I also pointed out in my story. This, the fact that they did the jersey thing, this is a new thing. They had never done the jersey thing before. They just did Pride Tape. The reason why they did the Jersey thing was not because the woke capitalists at Comcast sent the word down that they have to wear these jerseys because reasons. It was because there were multiple players on the team that wanted to do this, that felt that the Flyers looked bad because they were not wearing jerseys at Pride Night when other teams were. And they wanted to make it clear that we as a team support and are okay with the LGBTQ plus community. And that to me is what's really frustrating about it on two levels. Number one, and this is the most important part of it, is that like it's not this isn't even a case like I'm not saying this would be right, but like I could at least sort of understand his idea if it was like, say like on the pride jersey you slapped on like like gay marriage should be legal. Like, I believe gay marriage should be legal, but, like, I could see why he'd say, you know what, like, that my religious beliefs say that a marriage is between a man and woman, whatever. Like, okay, I don't agree with you, but I could sort of see why that is specific enough that that would bother you. Literally, all wearing this jersey says, all it says to people in this community is that we support you, we appreciate you, we have your back. That's all it says. And Provorov didn't feel comfortable enough to even give that little bit of support that, you know what? I believe that you should exist and that you should be allowed and able to be a fan of this hockey team. And Ivan Provorov was not willing to even concede that much. That's number one. That's the most important thing. Number two, his teammates wanted him to do this. Mm-hmm. That I I just want to jump in real quick 
because he didn't have the respect for those teammates to tell them ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. He blindsided everyone with this. The organization didn't know. Tortorella didn't know until after the game. Like, that was when they had the conversation. He blindsided everyone. This was a conversation that had been taking place, and he just didn't participate until he could, until he was like, no, I'm not doing it. And that's, I think, not the more important, like, but that's part of the bigger, like, after tomorrow, when this is gone, because that's who we are as a society, Mm -hmm. that's just another piece of the Provorov thing. Like, the bigger picture of Ivan Provorov, he ain't a part of this team. Uh, it's, he, it's, he's, he's on team Provorov and everyone else is, you know, being a fucking flyer. I just want to say, yeah, while team team Ivan, where Ivan stands for Ivan. Like, I just want to say, like, it makes me feel better somewhat about the rest of the players on the team not being assholes because clearly like Ivan Provorov, regardless of what you fucking think about him, there's there's at least enough rumor and innuendo evidence that he's like not the most popular dude. But he's an asshole. Yeah, yeah, he he's not that cool. Uh, but I will say it makes me feel good about the rest of the team because Ivan Provorov blindsided his coach and his teammates, chose not to do any of this, chose not to do as Charlie said the absolute bare fucking minimum, and there was zero retaliation. Nothing happened. He played. He played his typical minutes. That means everyone else in the locker room could have done that, and one guy chose to. Everyone else went out there and did it because they thought it was worth doing. And that makes me... Fuck the one guy who we already know is an asshole. Like, it makes me feel good about everyone else. Now, I know Steph didn't want me to word it this way, but just overall. Like, forcing him to go out and do it. That's, like, condescending to me. That's performative. That's just some guy wearing a jersey for no fucking reason that he doesn't care about would rather not be in it. The fact that everyone had the option, because they did. Because he showed. He didn't get sat. Nothing happened to him. Everyone else could have done that too, but they went out and did it because one, they're a team, and two, they believed in the cause. And that makes me say, fuck the one guy, good for the other 20. Like, I'm more, I'm more focused on the 20 guys who did it, and awesome, cool, you're part of the team. Like, all, like team good person and team Philadelphia Flyers. Cool. I'm happy about that. Fuck Ivan Provorov. Like, yes, and it's absolutely his right to say no. It is his right to decline, as it is our right to say, you're an asshole. Oh, yeah, that's like, fine. The, 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 the two, it's, there's, like, two sides of this, right, of, of, this, of this conflict. And one side is saying, let's treat all people the way that we treat everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Like, let's treat... Let's treat everyone the same. And the other side is we don't believe that anyone in the LGBTQ community should exist. Yeah. Like those are the two sides. This side, we don't believe that gay people should exist, live, or have love in their lives is not valid. Like that's, that is harmful. That is dangerous. And that is, is unconscious. Yeah, but he's a piece of shit whether he wears the jersey or not if he thinks that. Like Yeah. Exactly. I, I, if he like, thinks that, fine. he's it's an just, asshole. It's an example of it's an example of his character and that's what we're talking I'd about. I'd rather we're know. Not- I'd rather know who's like I'm I'm I'd rather know he's an asshole. Like I'm not saying I would do it, but just like when it comes time for Bill to buy a jersey or Bill to buy a jersey for, you know, a future kid or something, Ivan Provorov not on the list cuz he's a dick. Like, it's it's a it's a fair point that like you know what maybe it's not the worst thing that that he showed kind of who he is at the same time it doesn't change the fact that this like this really this really has to hurt oh yeah the LGBT community I mean there were multiple people at the game like Scott Lawton and James Van Reeves like invited an entire group this honestly made me feel shitty because I'm obviously a member of the media. We needed to talk to players in the team. We needed, I thought we needed to talk to Scott Lawton. And I knew Scott was going to be diplomatic because that's just the person he is. But They're hockey players. We, we needed to talk to him. We needed to talk to him about this. And basically what Flyers PR said, which is totally understandable, was like, look, 
is there any way you can get Scott on Thursday? Because he's literally with the LGBTQ plus community talking with them right now, like, and welcoming them and about, about the game. And I was like, look, I feel terrible that we're saying that I, that I have to say no, but like, I really think he has to come. And, and I was like, look, we will wait until 1130. Like, I don't want to interrupt this because I think this is important and I don't want to, to, to steal their thunder, but like, we need to we need to hear from a representative from the team who very clearly believes in this initiative and get his response to the fact that his teammate basically just blew it off. And that's like this is a a cause that it appears Scott Lawton and James Van Riemsdyk are uh very much in on they they have a connection to it they're uh, they've really pushed for this they were behind the jerseys and everything and regardless of what the actual i don't want to say regardless because i don't want to minimize like you know again human identity uh but like regardless of what it is those are your fucking teammates and you're supposed to support your teammates yeah like that's the bigger picture issue here is that this dude doesn't give a fuck no, you're you're absolutely right. Like not one single like solitary whether it's fuck this about like, being a being a teammate, and and like I'm gonna make a joke. I'm doing it. I'm making a joke. I'm going in. It's not actually a joke, but it's a funny. So Ivan Provorov and his girlfriend Maddie have a dog, Drake, the pup star, who has sponsors. Who's like an this dog is like an internet personality. Is the dog gonna lose they, the sponsors? Is the dog yes. gonna get canceled? They removed. Yes. They removed all um, the poor fucking dog. All trace of Ivan Provorov on the pup's page. Oh. They they did like pride posts because they can't. Oh, like wow. this is something that they will lose sponsors. Oh over. yeah, they will. Friend- and that's like how strong are your convictions? How strong are your convictions when you're like, no, just take my name off it if we're gonna lose money. That's 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 also another big point here friend of the pod carly on twitter made a joke about uh ivan provorov's girlfriend in an absolute panic about the possibility of having to get a job which is hilarious <laughs> ouch <laughs> no I, I, but but going going back to the teammate thing for a second you know it does speak to things that were already out there yeah. about ivan provorov and about the fact that look i am sure that there are guys in that locker room who probably aren't like super comfortable with gay people probably not or there are guys in that locker room that maybe just don't care that much you know they've lived a sheltered life they just don't really give a shit but you know what you had two guys especially in lawton and jvr who really cared about this who put a lot of time and effort who have had conversations with teammates about this stuff and about the importance of inclusion and whatnot and those guys who were on the fence were probably just like you know what this may not be that important to me, but it's important to those guys. And those guys are important to me. So I'm going to do this to back them up. And the fact that that wasn't enough for Provorov, even if he has misgivings, like really all wearing the jersey is, is just saying like, we're okay with them existing. Like that's really all it's saying. Well, it's not that big of a, like a, of a concession. It's, it's really not. And for him to still be like, nah, it shows how little he really cares about being accepted by his teammates, particularly the guys yeah. who cared about this issue. Charlie, you, you for made a 15 point. 15 minutes. It wasn't even the whole game. It was the pregame skate. 15 minutes. And some of those jerseys are dope. Like those hot, the purple hockey fights cancer jerseys. I wish they'd wear those once a year. They're fucking cool. And these ones were (laughs) gorgeous. Did you see them? They were just beautiful. Charlie. They were really well done. You made a point in your article, and I think you were alluding to it when we started this, um, about how it's important to accurately quote them. And, you know, you've, you've all made the point of, uh, like, this is the bare minimum of just saying, we think it's okay that you exist, you know? And Provorov's words is, you know, use of the word choices. Oh, God. Shows that. That that jumped. And I noted that in my story. That's the word. That's the word of you actually don't exist. It's, it's, you're like, that shows you what he thinks. 
Yeah, exactly. His, his exact quote was, and I don't want to hear the English thing either. He speaks fucking better English than I do. Yeah. He's been here his since exact he was thirteen. Quote was, I respect everybody. Since he was thirteen, Sorry. he's been living in Pennsylvania. Sorry, I needed to scream that. <laughs> Kelly said it first, and I yelled it over her, and I yelled it over Charlie. I'm sorry. He's been living in the United States since he was 13, in the state of Pennsylvania since he was 13. Okay, so the the exact quote was, I "I respect everybody, and I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. And as I said, as you you hinted at, Bill, the word choice to me, that was not a— that was not just tossed out there randomly. It was a telling. You know what that word means. You know what that means in this context. And you know that it means that his belief is that, you know, being gay, anything in that community, that that's a choice. That's not something you're born with, that you are choosing to sin and not follow the tenets of his religion. And that's, you know what, that's exactly the type of misconception that Pride Night is supposed to combat. The only people that are looking at pride jerseys and thinking about people fucking are creeps. Like that's those are the only people. Like the the ones that are looking at this rainbow logo and thinking about people fucking. That's weird. That's weird, right? It's caring. Am I about, wrong? No. No one's saying anything. No, 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 no. no. Those people do seem to think quite a lot about what other people about are other people doing. having sex yeah which is a bit strange on its face and if you like, like that's weird if you're looking at a hockey jersey and you're thinking about people having sex like that's a you problem well you know lots of you know <laughs> there's a lot of fucking banging when i'm watching no, no, no. The there's a lot of fucking you. weirdos like that's the problem like and that's why things like just the simple act <laughs> of saying hey it's cool that you're here uh, is it, like, it, that's why it's important. Um, so, so I, I will I wanna, say who I, is hockey to turn down fan? Like as a hockey player, exactly. who are you to turn down a fan? It's yeah. fucking hockey. Yeah. Like, you, you need all the if you want to be homophobic in the NFL, they can afford it. The NHL oh can't. All right. So I, I want to pivot for a second, continuing on this topic, because, you know, I, I, We've talked about Provorov. I think it's all clear where we yeah. stand on Ivan Provorov and on Ivan Provorov's decision on he Tuesday thinks. night. The other person who got a fair amount of criticism because of this was John Tortorella on two levels. Yeah. Number one, because of his comments, which I will read so that I'm, again, making sure I'm quoting him directly. And then number two, for his apparent decision to play Provorov in spite of the fact that he did not wear the pride jersey and go and warm up. So his his comments were as follows. I think the organization has sent out a release regarding the organization, the beliefs that we have, and how we feel about it on a really great night. With Provy, he's being true to himself and to his religion. This has to do with his belief and his religion. That's one thing I respect about Provy. He's always true to himself. So that's where we're at with that. Then I asked him... Did you consider scratching Provorov after you realized that he wasn't in warm-ups? Because generally speaking, if a player isn't in warm-ups, they don't play. Now, usually it's because they can't warm up, not because they won't. But the, the, the if-then thing is kind of logical, yeah. that if you want to play, you warm up. His response, no, no. I'm not going to answer any more questions on it. I know you're probably going to talk to Provy. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I think it's a great night in celebrating. The organization put out a statement. I'm not going to get too deep into the conversation. Those are the comments as far as Pervy. We talked as a team here with Pervy, and that's where we're at. So those were your Tortorella comments regarding the situation. So I'll be honest with you. Like, part of the reason why I want to discuss this is because I'm not sure. I don't, I, I don't think, I think his comments certainly could have been better. I'm not sure where I stand in terms of whether he should have been benched or not, given the fact that they found out about this 30 minutes before game time. And yeah. I do acknowledge that it was a difficult spot for everyone to be in, particularly with regards to the fact that like they don't like a, a head coach doesn't know legal law. Like is he's not a lawyer. Like I don't know if he was even qualified to make that decision. However, I also am of the mind that by letting him play, 
you were essentially letting him repudiate the entire message that you were trying to send on Pride Night. So I'm kind of of two minds on this, and that's why I'm curious as to what the group thinks, because I, I, I'm i still kind of on the fence. That's, I don't think that you ahead, can... Kelly. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I don't think that you can interpret those comments... Like, I, I don't think it's clear that it's like a tacit endorsement of what Provorov did. And I think a lot of people, particularly on Twitter, were kind of interpreting it as... I was fine with what he did. That's why he got to play. I respect his beliefs. Like th- there was a lot of kind of assuming that Tortorella was endorsing what he did. And I am not sure that's the case. It could be, but I'm not entirely sure it is. Like Charlie said, like he's the coach of the hockey team. His job is to ice a lineup. If he scratches Ivan Provorov five minutes before the game starts, because he just found out about this bullshit who's playing like we're rolling five defensemen like then does somebody that's, get hurt like let's think like i know that everyone wants, wants to and yeah. obviously this issue is bigger than hockey but at the end of the day that's Portola what he gets doing paid a to job do. on the hockey like there was still a hockey game to be played they had to make decisions around the hockey game and it would have been very difficult to do any of that by removing the guy that plays 24 minutes a night it just would have been difficult for them to do that so when I heard Tortorella's comments last night, when I heard them live last night, um, I was I was displeased. Um, I made note of how many times he used the word we as himself and the organization and yeah. keeping Provorov separate from the we, um, which I thought was interesting because the team you can play and the NHL are all doing the same thing. There, this is us, and then there's Ivan Provorov. Like, it's it's very much, he's on his own, he made his bed, he's got a lie in it. Um, but it was, it was very uncomfortable for him to hear that he respects Ivan for sticking to his convictions. That was hard to hear. Yeah. Um, that party didn't. I heard play, that, today, like, I heard that part as more, like, and granted, he's talking about a specific situation, so it's normal for you to hear it that way. I just feel like he was trying to say something and spoke in a generality. Like, this is who Ivan is. And like it or don't, he always does what he feels he's going to do. And like, not a shot at him, but kind of just, again, talking to that big picture of Ivan Provorov. Like, yeah, this is Ivan. He does whatever the fuck he wants to do, regardless of, you know, a team initiative. And saying That's he respects fair. it obviously puts it in a bad light. Maybe I'm making excuses for Tortorella because I like him. Also, I don't fucking know the guy. Uh, I, I just, like, I didn't hear that the same way a lot of the criticism is is being pointed, is all I'm yeah. saying. No, that's interesting. That's an interesting perspective. But when I found out today that the conversation that he mentioned that, uh, Charlie, what, would, what did he say? It was... Uh, that we, we talked as a team here with Provy. Yes, that was after the game. That was after the game, because nobody knew before the game. And that's... <sighs> I, in my head, when I heard that, it was, that happened before... I'm sorry, Bear's barking. That happened before the game, um, and the team had all discussed it, Tortorella knew about it, and everyone decided, yes, we're on board, Provorov can sit out for warm-ups. That's how I heard that line until I heard today. Like, nobody knew. I think... And that, that makes me take those comments in a different light, because now everyone's scrambling, because nobody knew. They just played the game, and they won. It was a great game! It was a great it game. Was fun. It was a good game, yeah. It was a great game, yeah. and no one's talking about how much fun it was! Like, we were having yeah, fun and- watching the Flyers, but everyone knew at that presser all we were going to talk about was Ivan Provorov. So, like, I can give him a little bit of leeway for thinking on his feet, but at the end of the day, you cannot say that you respect someone's yeah. beliefs when those beliefs yeah. are other humans shouldn't exist. Yeah, it was it, it was tough wording, and, like, it's hard to give him a pass because... Like, what does he do? He works the media better than any- anybody. And then suddenly it's like, well, he was scrambling. Like, oh, yeah, dude. But also, this is, like, the thing you're best at. Uh, yeah. And granted, like, this is a situation beyond his normal, you know, Tortorella show. Uh, but it's still, 
the thing that he's the best at, and he he didn't he did not execute that yeah, last he, night. He did. The, the comments could have been a lot better. I think yeah. kind of where I fall on the like should he have played thing, and I agree. Like if it's true, and I, I honestly I did not hear that that Tortorella did not know until after the game. That obviously makes it so. Well, there, there's really no way that they could have benched him because the coach who makes the decisions about the lineup didn't know he didn't was it in warmups. However, that like. If he did, if he did know, I think he probably should, in, in an ideal world, he shouldn't have played because I do think it sends the wrong message. However, I'm not going to kill him or the organization for it because I, I understand that like in that short of a time frame with all of the concerns involved, I can, I can cut them a little slack. Like, I would like to think that had they found out the first instinct would have been well, if this guy's not willing to be in warmups and he's not willing to do the, the initiative of the team, then don't play him. Whatever. Screw it. But I understand that, like, you know, then you have somebody come in and say, well, is there, could, there get, could there be lawyers involved if we don't play him? You know, he, he said it was because of his religious beliefs. Where does this go? Do we see an NHLPA grievance? Like, and and I, could, I could understand in the chaos of that moment being like, you know what? Like, rather than try to piece this all together in 20 minutes— Let's just let the guy play. Yeah. yeah. And, like, from a hockey perspective, Nick Sealer's already in the fucking lineup. What's your next option? <laughs> like, pull someone out of the stands? Like, <laughs> they don't have a ton of options. I was just going to say, can it get players worse? On this I've, team. I've enjoyed watching them lately. There's only so many guys. You know what really sucks? Is that, like, how hard is it going to be to trade him now? It's that was leg- something I was gonna. Yeah, that that's. I mean, and I actually I listened to um, uh, Freeman and Merrick did like a a brief podcast on this, so I listened to that today. Oh, did they? Yeah, and I think that was the last thing that came up, and both of them basically said, to be clear, this is the least important part of this. However, it is an interesting part of it because it's a, it was abundantly clear that like these two sides were on the road to a divorce already. Yeah. Now. It's it, it it's very it's a very weird thing because on one hand, and, and I can I can say this with with confidence because this isn't me just speculating. This is what I know. Number one, his play the, the players and the team are pissed at him. Number two, the organization is pissed at him, particularly for blindside of them, but really just because they put a lot of work into this thing, and yeah. he just kind of blew up their spot out of nowhere. So, on their side, they are probably more willing now to cut ties with this guy. The problem is that now Everyone there are that. probably less teams that are going to be interested in acquiring him. Not zero. I, I fully believe that there will be GMs who look at this as like, hey, let's buy low on Ivan Provo. Buy low, because, exactly. Yeah, exactly. because he doesn't like gay people. But there are going to be fewer teams. I can guarantee you that. There are going to be teams, there are going to be general managers, and there are going to be ownership groups that are going to say, I don't want that guy on this team because either A, it conflicts with my morals, or B, and more likely since it's money, they'll say it wouldn't work, it wouldn't play well in this market, so we can't do it. And also, he is not nearly good enough to put up with this level of bullshit. (laughs) Not nearly. That's, that's, I was like, uh, in, in talking in it about another sport uh, the other day, like you get to be like a selfish pain in the ass when you're as good as Aaron Rodgers, uh, but when you're Carson Wentz and you're no good, yeah, no one puts up with that shit. Like, okay, no. see ya. You're on your third team in three years, bud. Like, you know, you, yeah. you put up like, with that a, asshole because he's good. Ovi, yeah, there's a reason Ovi yeah. gets to be the shitty Russian Putin apologist yeah. because he's fucking Alex Ovechkin. Ivan Provorov doesn't have that level of leeway. He's not that good. So he's really yeah. just fucking himself over. I, I mean, look, look, at, look at the vaccines. You had Tyler Bertuzzi and Zach Ronaldo both didn't want to get vaccinated. Tyler Bertuzzi is still dudes. playing because he's a good <laughs> hockey player. Zach yeah. Ronaldo ain't because he's not. Exactly. I love Zach too, man. I <laughs> wish he was still in the point. league. 
He's an idiot. I fucking he, love Sakharov. Right. He retweeted someone talking trash at Broad Street Hockey today. He's still did he? he's still hanging. Zach Ronaldo did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Good for him, man. Uh, I did like I the justification of potentially benching Provorov. Like I can see it because he refused to warm up, and even like if there's a conversation a week ago where he pulls aside, you know, Scott Lawton, the de facto captain, and is like, "Hey, man, this is against my religion. I don't want to blow up your shit, make it all about me, but I can't participate in this." Like, at least then there's a dialogue. Yeah, him just yeah. refusing to do it, <clears throat> then it's like, "Well, you chose not to warm up, dude. We're not playing you." Exactly. But there's there's and, the, and, and, like Charlie said, yeah. the legal ramifications. You don't yeah. know because he's claiming a religious exemption for it. You only have so many guys. Yeah. And, and, and and one thing one thing I want to point out here because when I first heard that basically like they didn't know about this until the last minute, I was like, "There's no freaking way." But the more I thought about it. And this was kind of what convinced me that, no, it actually does track, is that if this is something that the ownership group and the front office knew about days in advance, that Ivan Provorov was not going to be willing to wear the jersey. He'd be on IR. would have to believe, would have to believe that they are smart enough to go to Scott Lawton and say, okay, nobody's wearing this jersey because it's going to be a public relations nightmare if one guy who's a high-profile guy doesn't wear the things. I know you want to do this. You can yell at Provy if you want, but we're not putting ourselves out there. Just do the pride tape like he did last year. The fact that they didn't do that tells me either A, they're incompetent, and I don't think they're that incompetent, or B, they're telling the truth. <laughs> no, I, I tend to believe that they're telling the truth here, and yeah. it's, yeah. Uh, like, also because Pro I am, is precisely the kind of dickhead because... who would do it that way. Yeah. I am glad, though, that they didn't and, bench like, him. Also because it took us so long to get a comment and confirmation on what happened. Like, they would have had something prepared had they have known. Yeah, like, you would Char- think. Like, Again, yeah, it would think. They're putting the statement out as the media is going from the press box to downstairs, as Charlie's saying. Like, that's a scramble. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, and especially when you've got lawyers involved, which I'm sure they did. Yeah. It probably oh, yeah. took two hours to figure out if they were going to use a comma. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we, Steph has to go right at eight. So should we take our break here? Yeah, take a break. And then we can just do a couple of things. And uh, that's what we'll do. Me. All right. So commercial. Goodbye, Stephanie Driver. Thank you for your time. Uh, and we'll be back on the other side, the three of us, to talk about the actual hockey team, the Flyers. Yay. All right, welcome back, fam. Uh, I wanted to just touch on a couple of things from last night's game that stood out uh, that weren't Ivan Provorov sitting out. Uh, and it's it, it starts with Tortorella and Kevin Hayes. Um, I was watching the game and thought, right when they gave up the goal with uh, 69 seconds left, tell me, J- tell yes. me JJ didn't say that on purpose. Um, <laughs> they gave up the goal with, with a minute nine left to make it a two-goal game, and my immediate thought is, it's a two-goal game with over a minute left, they're going to pull the goalie. Kevin Hayes has two goals. This is a situation in which a coach and a team would put out a player with two goals to try to get the hat trick. However... It's Kevin Hayes, who even in the post-game press conference, John Tortorella was like, yeah, I'm just worried about his defense now. <laughs> like, he just had a hat trick. You can't not criticize him for one night. No, uh, he but, can't help himself. No, he, but like, do you think, like, him then putting Hayes out right away on that next shift, and Hayes getting the hat trick, do you think he's starting to come around maybe on Hazy? I would like to think that even if he's not, he's just not that. It's much just of an such expert. a hockey thing. This is what you yes. do. Yeah. yeah. I also think that, like, as frustrated as Tortorella has been with Kevin Hayes, particularly Kevin Hayes, the center, Tortorella knows that, like, Kevin Hayes is a darn good offensive player. At least he has been this year. And he can produce. And you know what this team needs? It needs guys that can produce. So he can't just totally disregard Kevin Hayes, the player, because there are legitimately very good things about Kevin Hayes, the player. There are some things he hates, but I, there are some things he likes, too. And, yeah, I do agree that this is partially just a hockey thing, because, like, 
if you yeah. sit the guy who's going for a hat trick, like, come on, like, the team's going to be livid, understandably yeah. we, so. We might already have some locker room problems today. Yeah, right, do we need more? <laughs> Let's not compound them. But I just, like, maybe on the shift right before that one, like Kevin Hayes' last shift, he had, he tried to make a move at the blue line and got stripped of the puck, and then tried to tip in a dump attempt and turned it over, and I was like, ooh. These are situations and like those little things that Tortorella could choose not to put you out there for to get that hat trick, but he did anyway. So that was just a thought I had. Um, we got to talk about the the legitimate possibility of this team making the playoffs. Um, well, do we have to? Uh, they're five points out. That's like the same number of points Colorado's out. It's the same number of points they, that Chuck Fletcher said they were out. What last month? Two months I, ago. I'm never getting fired, fam. Never getting getting fired. fired. He is gonna be the president of the United States before he gets fired (laughs) from this fucking job. Uh, I just, I, Colorado's like six out. The Flyers are five out. I'm just saying it's doable. I expect Colorado to make the playoffs because they're good. I think the Flyers fall apart at some point, but maybe they don't. Maybe they just are better. Like since December fifteenth, I would say they've been like bad in two games and those games came against the Leafs and Bruins two of the elite teams in the league they're not as good yeah. as them we know they're going to get killed they've been competitive in every game and won most of them for the last month I, I think the key to this because I mean one thing that they've definitely had happen over the last few weeks is that Kelly's face right now is fart noise they've taken full <laughs> advantage of the fact that they've played against a lot of not just bad teams but really bad teams. Yes. Like, that has helped. It's helped a lot. Yes. What we're going to see is, like, to me, the games against, like, the Caps and Buffalo are more interesting because while they are not, like, elite teams, it's it's abundantly clear when the Flyers play an elite team, they don't just lose. They get fucking killed. They get curb stopped. Like, it's not even a contest. But if the Flyers can hang in against the just good teams... Because they play with enough structure and they're pesky and Carter Hart steals some games. Like, then things get kind of interesting because, yeah, they're never going to be able to beat the Torontos and the Bostons. But if they could beat the Buffaloes and the Washingtons, they're going to play a lot of those types of teams the rest of the way. Now, I don't think they're going to continue to be able to. I think eventually that's going to come apart and they're going to return to being a team that can only regularly beat the really bad teams. But I guess I can't rule it out offhand. It is possible. It's not possible they're going to wake up and be able to beat the Bostons of the Toronto. No, they're never, they're not that good. They're just not. But they might be able to beat, like, the, the Minnesotas. That's, like, two-thirds of the team and uh, two-thirds of the teams in the league are mediocre to tanking. Like, they're better than them, or they can compete with those teams at least because they have a coach and they try every night and they have structure, blah, blah, blah. They get pretty good goaltending. And then there's the one-third of really good teams that they'll never beat. Uh, But they could make the playoffs. It's totally possible. I think it's pretty unlikely. I think you're you're overstating the chances a bit. But I will say that it's not completely impossible. I'm not saying they're (laughs) going to. I don't think, like, if it was like a yes or no, are they making the playoffs, I'm betting no. But... They could. It's doable. We've seen them come back from much larger deficits. And, of course, there is the curse of the 10-game losing streak. They've done it before. Uh, <laughs> no, what it they're has going to happened do is before. It has happened before. They're going before. to achieve the sadness. <laughs> they are going to miss the playoffs and not have a lottery pick. They are going to do I mean, sadness. They'll still have a pit. They'll still have lottery chance. Getting the second wild card is far worse than not getting it. Like at least yeah. then they're in the lottery. They have a chance. There's only so, so far you can jump, right? Like they they change yeah. that rule. I thought you. Could I get I, the I, one, I never thought I had to pay get... attention to it because I assumed they were going to be so bad it wasn't going to matter. But now I, I think might you actually can't have to look get. Into it. Can you not get first overall? I thought you could get to one, but you can't get higher than that. Like, there's, I don't, I don't. It's so remember. complicated. I, know they I can't it. remember. I don't. Um, why can't it just be fucking normal? Real quick, is Scott Lawton gonna get Selkie votes this year? He's got seven shorthanded points, three of them goals. Uh, Chuck, guess who's one in? You understand? He leads your the league in short. Leads the league in shorthanded points. Guess who's second? Travis Konechny. They're an incredible penalty killing duo. 
I have to say the the development of the the penalty kill this season, like if we do end up with sadness, like it might be worth it just because of how fucking fun the penalty kill is now. It's the, so the penalty kills. It's been fun. I actually I did an article last weekend on Bradshaw and the power kill. Uh, it actually. I, I think it might have kind of like slipped through the cracks. I might have, I think it got released on a Friday. So if you haven't checked that out and you're an athletic subscriber, please do. Because I think it turned out really well. Would certainly love to, to hear your feedback on that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, Brad Shaw, this is just what he does. He, yeah. Scott Lawton told me that Brad Shaw, Scott Lawton's been killing penalties his entire life, maybe. It just, I feel like he came out of the womb killing penalties. <laughs> but he said that it has the Brad word kill in it. Of course he loves it. There you go. Um, that Bradshaw is the first coach he's ever played for who has actually encouraged his penalty killers to create shorthanded chances. Genius. First one. The man is a it's genius. It's when their offense looks best. Yep. I wish they, they, they might be more dangerous. Mike Richards. They might be more dangerous on the penalty kill than they are on the power play, honestly. It's, it, they yes. are. I don't even think it's a joke. Um, <laughs> when is... <laughs> when is when is Sandstrom's conditioning stint over, and then what the fuck do they do? I think it's two weeks, or I, I had to look into it. Honestly, it kind of slipped through the cracks to for me to like scour. Been a little busy. Yeah. Oh, has there been something um, going on, Charles? What? Yeah, not, not that much. <laughs> um, I think it's like two weeks or so. So it's gonna it's coming up. You know, it, they're gonna have to make a decision. I think this this really just boils down to the fact that Torts wants Harrison. Towards once Arison, you can't send front, him back now. The front office would prefer Sandstrom because of the waiver thing, and because I think they figure like, you know, Arison will benefit from time, whereas Sandstrom is what he is, and we don't want to lose him. But like, if Arison's better, Arison's better. Like, I'm Sandstrom sorry. is what he is, and it's not good. Like, what? <laughs> I know this year the coaches even said. It's not about wins and losses, like he's told us that. But isn't it harder to evaluate everyone else when your goalie has like an 870 save percentage? Like, doesn't yes. that make things much more difficult? You're never actually in a situation where you can evaluate players because the game's over fucking 30 minutes in. I, You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, finally, Bobby Brinkwatch. Last week when we talked about him, he'd played two, goal, two games, scored a goal in each. Uh, he then had two games with no points. Had a minus three in one of them, uh, but then bounced back with a goal and an assist on the 17th. And the Flyers playing Cleveland again tonight, the 18th. I bet you he scores. Bring up Bobby. All right. I, Anything else? So, for, so from what I, I have two things. First, from what I've heard about Brink, like, yeah, he's scoring, but he does need more work. Like, this guy isn't ready to come up yet. Um, but I mean, hey, you Do know it what? In the like, NHL. If, if it makes you happy, sure. Like, call for Bobby Brady to come up. Secondly, I do want to point this out because at the end of the outline, Bill has a reference to the Jim Rutherford press conference <laughs> with the Vancouver Canucks. And I want to make this point. Like, I don't know if this is an intentional competition, but doesn't it feel like the Flyers of the Canucks are like, like they're competing on like who can trip over their own dick the most? Yes. I mean, Jim Rutherford just came out and said the word tank. Like he actually said tank. Well, no, but he, he also said he literally must have taken, like, notes from the Chuck Fletcher presser yes. because he did the— Retool. We don't, yep. It's not a rebuild. We prefer retool. And it literally was, yep. like, the entirety of, of Flyers fandom did the Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio pointing meme. Which is like, we know that. <laughs> he said it. Yeah. <laughs> he said it. <laughs> you must have got tagged at that so much, Charlie. Oh, so uh, many times. All right. Do, do we have anything else? I think and, that's it. We was a, was a you know pretty eventful show, I would say. Yeah, and that is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. What do you have, Steph? What do you have? I I just like this is a Scott Lawton appreciation moment. Like this has been a heavy episode. We've talked about a lot of stuff, but Scott Lawton, man, just across the board, we appreciate you, dude. Hashtag fueled by Philly playoff push. Lawton for captain. That is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button, search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts. Boom. Content, baby. All right. Uh, we'll be back next week. For Charlie, for Kelly, for Steph, my name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah!
Impartial to the feet.